Welcome to the F5 podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about has society become weaker? So remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this conversation. All right, guys. So what is your opinion? Um, Business-wise, You're talking from a mentality standpoint? Yes, from a mentality standpoint, do we think that our society has become weaker? I think it's become easier, which has caused people to become weaker. Mm, like, easier in what sense? Um, it's easier, and we were talking about this before, um, how it's easier to call out because you just not feeling well, not like a sickness mm-hmm. or anything, but just like, I'm not, I'm not in the right headspace. I think I need a day. Mm-hmm. And that's okay now in society. Like, how many times have you guys heard that from someone or just heard it from other people that are like, uh, okay, you took a whole day off mm-hmm. because I, and I understand that sometimes it could get pretty bad. People do have anxiety and I get that. Um, but when it becomes such a thing, why wasn't this a thing 10, 15 years ago? Mm-hmm. You never heard about that. Right. And people yeah. had anxiety back then. Yeah. Why is that accepted now? Yeah. What do you guys think? I don't know. That, those were my two cents love to hear yours i mean i think that it's becoming accepted now because of how fast it's progressed within the last few years mm-hmm. and if we don't address it especially it's I'm, I'm coming back to the fact that now we have 711 right we can call in for mental health issues versus emergencies i didn't, I didn't know even that. know that actually 711 it's now on our medical cards if you notice it too like people mm. it's transitioning into our lives and Again, we're not bashing on anyone that has any anxiety or mental health issues. I think it's just being addressed in which, why is it happening even more so now? One of the things I can take away is social media has becoming ever so big into our community. And a lot of people have that comparing lifestyles. Like whatever you post online, of course, that's something that they're believing in. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people can get anxiety from that. So kind of trying to step away from that, not comparing yourself to it is one of the things that I'm kind of like living right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like what you said, like why, like why now? Mm-hmm. Like why is it becoming a thing now? And I think it's just because of the way our lives have, has been transitioning, especially with social media. That's kind of my take on it. Yeah. So more so just having anxiety from the comparison of just they're doing the so much better than me mm-hmm. you know they're living their best life why can't I live my best life um but I also think on social media they like <clears throat> advertise that they have anxiety and so then people might without actually diagnosing themselves mm-hmm. they're diagnosing themselves as opposed to going to a trained physician mm-hmm. um and they're just like oh yeah me too yeah I think I have anxiety and it's like do you really, or is it something else that we might be able to help you with mentally, not have to take a pill to fix it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's another form or way that social media is also kind of causing this. Yeah. Well, what would make the difference between a person who like <clears throat> legitimately like should get like medication for anxiety as opposed to somebody who's just using that as an excuse? Like where, where do you, like, what are the differences would you guys say for that? Because, I mean, it's it's hard to say. It's hard to draw a line on who gets to have help, right? Like, mm-hmm. it depends on the person. Like, I don't think that I'm even qualified as a person to be like, oh, well, they're no. sick. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, I can't tell you. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I mean, this is a very sensitive issue on a number of, 
on a number of levels because mental health is a really important thing and it's a very real mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I, for me, I can s- separate the two, although there is a gray area between the two areas, mm-hmm. but I can separate between re- uh, what would be gradiently a real mental health <clears throat> issue and using mental health as a avenue to cater to the lowest common denominator in society. Uh, but I look back, we, generationally, we always seem to, as humans, look back and judge the last generation harshly and judge the next generation harshly. Mm-hmm. I think it was Aristotle that was lamenting um, the next generation as being lazy and not having work ethic. And, you know, this was written 3,000 years That's ago. That's so funny. So this certainly seems to be something that is a common idea. So it's, some of this is anecdotal, and then we can look at very particular data sets to see mm-hmm. what's changing in the world. Um, but I look at it this way, which potentially is offensive to people who are living this, because I understand... In relative terms, your experience is your experience, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter what the trigger is. If that's what you're experiencing, that's what's real to you, and so it can be different from person to person. But the the social issues that we get, and I'm going to use the word get to Mm -hmm. handle in our society right now, the things that we are challenged by are first world fucking problems for most Mm -hmm. of the world, Mm -hmm. right? Most of the world would be incredibly grateful to have the problems that we get to deal with. And so are there very real issues? There absolutely are very real issues. Um, do they need to be addressed? Absolutely. But I look at it like we're in an existential crisis where we're, we don't have a world war. We don't have a cold war. We don't have a strong patriotism in the United States right now. So it's like people don't know where their meaning is. So they're finding mm-hmm. meaning in trivial things. Mm-hmm. Right? And maybe you could argue all those things are trivial if you're an enlightened Buddhist. Sure. Um, but their meaning has been lost. And when you lose meaning psychologically, it begins to degrade on your mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where we are in society. And if you look at technology and progression, the intent is always to make life easier. Mm-hmm. The problem is, and we can study this in the cycle of nations, the, the cycle of, of empires, the last stage before a collapse of any empire is always like embarrassing amounts of affluence and freedom. Mm. And it seems that humans don't know what to do with it when they get to that level. And it, it, it works backwards. And I'll, I'll stop and let you guys jump in here. But I think about, I think it's the second matrix, uh, mm. which is brilliant. You can Google this. Anybody listening, you should. In which Neo finds the architect. The architect is the one that built the matrix. Mm-hmm. And he has this really incredible like three or four minute conversation with him. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in the beginning, the architect explains that their original version of the matrix, there was nothing but pleasure and perfection. And it made it really easy for humans to exist there. And he, and he was like, and he, he laments that humans didn't know what to do with mm-hmm. that kind of construct. So mm-hmm. they created pain where there wasn't pain. They created problems where there isn't problems. And they rejected the construct because their brain wasn't set to live in that place. Mm-hmm. They did much better when there was pain and adversity. And mm-hmm. so when we remove pain and adversity in an ex- external sense, internally we begin to create it because our brains are hardwired for that. So now we don't live in a society where we're worried about our survival on a daily basis, right? Mm -hmm. We're certainly not worried about being hunted by lions, Mm -hmm. but our brain still works that way, right? And so when we remove external pressure, then it all goes internal. Now we have internal pressure that's creating the same things, which keeps people stuck and lost. And without Mm -hmm. awareness, when you talk to them, they're going to be very frustrated and feel like they're being judged, or they're going to feel like you just don't understand, you understand what I'm going through. 
I was like, well, maybe. Yeah. But we may want to take a good look at where this is coming from and the story about a thing because that might be able to, yeah. to drive different behavior. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, you, you said something that um, caught my attention, which was the where people lose a sense of meaning, right? And so I'm just wondering, um, you know, if we're talking about society potentially getting a lot weaker, um, in in your opinion, has there been like a, what generation would you say was full of like meaning? And, and another question too, it's like, what is it that helps create that meaning for people? Um, mm, you know, that's a great question. In, in that direction. Historically, and that is a great question. Historically, there have been major events around the globe that have created meaning mm -hmm. for, for particular people groups. So we live in the United States. I could certainly address, um, from an outside perspective, other countries and where you do see meaning and growth. Mm -hmm. um, but in the United States, there has been a number of issues that have brought meaning. Uh, world wars. Yeah. Uh, the baby boomer generation was a product of World War II. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you have the silent generation that Tom Brokaw called them the greatest generation that lived through the depression mm -hmm. in that time period where you imagine living through two world wars and a great depression. Yeah. Right. Like that, but there was, they found meaning in that. Mm -hmm. There was a, there was a value to stand up for. There was a, there was something to fight, mm -hmm. right? We don't really have something to fight right mm -hmm. now, except for ourselves. And mm -hmm. some people would say, you know, greed and corporate toxicity and they'll, they'll pick their issues, but there isn't a united front because mm -hmm. nobody's labeled what it is they're fighting, right? It's mm -hmm. internal, but it's, but the past generations, like we had the cold war, um, we had the Vietnam war in the sixties. So war has been one of the rallying cries that creates meaning on one side of the fence or the other. Mm -hmm. The other is religion, right? Religion has created a sense of meaning, but in, in, in Europe and, and a lot of Western society, the predominant religion has been uh, Judeo-Christian kind of culture. Yeah. And it's, we're kind of transitioning to more of a postmodern version of that world because mm -hmm. we're not finding fulfillment in Christianity the way we right. used to because I think people are getting a combination more educated and more frustrated with, um, and Timothy, the second, the second book of Timothy actually talks about this, where people walk around with a form of godliness denying its power, meaning Religion is only as powerful as what it illustrates on the earth. And if you can't demonstrate the power of your belief system, nobody's going to believe it. Um, and that's what has been massively lost. So I think we're like, you know, religion is something now that has been discarded in many ways. Or even people who are quote unquote Christian or Catholic or whatever, they're kind of, it's like a hobby. It's yeah. not something they're super into anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so, but you lose meaning when you're there. So it's like, well, what, what is life about now? It's like, that's why I say it's like an existential crisis and, you know, some mm -hmm. people are going to climate change. I don't know how many times I hear the world is burning. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Not that climate change isn't real. It's just it's a, it's a funny way to, to frame your mm -hmm. worldview. Yeah. But I think we're trying to find something to cling to. And, and because the, the brain is hardwired to do so and we don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just makes me think about how much, especially like in business, we talk about our why mm -hmm. and making sure that we have that um, at the forefront of my our, of our minds, like with everything that we do, which is really interesting because I feel like um, for people who don't, um, you know, have these kind of conversations or have that awareness, it, it is it's not something that you think about. Like what I think about when I first started here, like that's honestly where the introduction of like, what is your why? Mine too. Mm -hmm. I remember when you both like sat me down. They're like, okay, so what is your why? And I was yeah. like, 
Huh. Interesting. I've never thought about it. And I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. For me personally, it was actually, um, it was very difficult to figure out like, what is my why? Just because you going back to the whole comparison thing is just like, oh, this person has this why. And this person has this why. It's like, should my why be like that? Or should Mm -hmm. it look like that? Uh, Which it leads into the conversation too about how um, we've talked about how it happens, especially in our company and our culture with uh, reps doing the same thing, you know, during uh, our goal meeting, goals meetings and things like that. And just wanting to reach a certain level in their career, but there's no like actual depth to it. They're just saying it because it's the next thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it's really easy to fall into that trap where it's like, Oh, well this, this is the next thing to do. So I guess, you know, I'll I'll go there, which I feel like I've, I've done that in, in certain areas too, uh, and I think it's okay if if you do that, but I also think that you have to, if you understand you're trying to find your why, you know, you have what you're following, but on the side, you're kind of like, but let me really dig in mm-hmm. and figure out truly what is my why so that at least I'm going somewhere, finding, you know, that meaning and having that vision while I find something that's authentically for me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what it takes me to. That having that meaning and that vision is it's the why which not a lot of people yeah like you were saying not a lot of people understand that which it's not going to erase your anxiety it's not going to erase um you know certain things that you are going through but I think it does like Sebastian was explaining that it it kind of links you to something that you feel like you have a purpose to even though your why is for something in the future it's at least linking you to get to where you're going so that you're not thinking or comparing yourself on social media or going bananas over certain political things that maybe you you can't there's no control over um or anything else that has happened over the last year where i think that a lot of people had more paranoia that turned into anxiety um over what was happening with covid because of all the media that was happening Mm -hmm. so i think that you can obviously like link that but like you're saying, have a why, have a reason why you're doing what you're doing. And it doesn't need to be so cliche as to, I want to retire my parents in 20 years, yeah. you know, or whatever. It's, I want to buy a house in a matter of a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to buy a car, so let me work as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case is, but it doesn't have to be so cliche where you're like, okay, that sounds kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Think about something that you like legitimately will make you work harder and link yourself to a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, did you find, was it easy for you to have a why when you came in? Like, or to be able to put that together? I always enjoy family, right? Mm-hmm. So my why has always been tied to family. And it was one of those things that I've always wanted to give back to my parents. I know it is cliche, but I was a, I was a really, really good kid. In high school, I was not so much of a good kid. (laughs) I was a little rebel kid. And it was like in that time period, like I felt the most shame and embarrassment towards my parents. And then since then, like after that, I was like, why am I being so mean? Like, why Mm -hmm. does anyone being mean? Obviously, you're going through emotional and hormonal changes during those teen years that, of course, I feel like everyone has those time periods, but it's like, there has to be a switch back. And so when I entered this business, it was one of those things where I was like, dude, my, like to me, my parents are my family. I have my family now. All I'm doing is my why is to make sure that I continue that relationship with them. They're healthy, they're happy, and I can give back. 
Mm-hmm. And, and it goes far beyond just my parents, but I think about ways I can give. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I am only as influential as the person next to me in a way to inspire others, right? So my why is always not to just like, I'm inspiring them, but just doing me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I can work my butt off because I enjoy it. And I actually have like, I have days too. Like my days are also like this, but I don't ever, I don't think I have them bad. Like my bad days are still good. Yeah. And I've taught myself that. That's what I was going to say. So getting into the topic of like weakness, Mm -hmm. it it sounds like you've definitely built strength Mm -hmm. just the way that you think mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, because maybe, there are people who have more of a weaker mindset who can possibly be experiencing, you know, Anxiety. what you are mm-hmm. experiencing. And it's just like, it's, it's the end of the world. Right. So I feel like it does have a lot to do with that mental strength. Yeah. Um, it can always be worse. Yeah. And the thing is that we're all connected in some way. Mm-hmm. Like if we really tune into that, how not like, yes, we are in the first world, but if we really tuned into that, we're, all connected you wouldn't be mean to anyone Mm. (laughs) you would have empathy towards the person next to you who is feeling those emotions um you would accept i don't know i mean obviously i know that there has to be a balance with like love and hate Mm -hmm. and like war and i don't know greed or whatever like all of these craziness but if we all really really truly believe that we're all one life would be completely different. <laughs> yeah. We would be living in that perfect matrix. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love the saying, we're all just walking each other home. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. that remembrance. There's a beauty in that and realizing that we are a spirit having a human experience together mm-hmm. and that we're here to learn our particular lessons. Yeah. Um, and when you sit from that place, it's easy to stay out of judgment and just mm-hmm. empathize with where somebody is and try to help um, but it seems like we have forgotten who we are, which is interesting as a mm-hmm. phase. I hear Mufasa which... right now. Sorry. <laughs> Remember who you are. You say that and then I think about that one speech given at the one conference with that one owner. <laughs> like <laughs> With the yoga, le- yoga pants and all that. I can't take that oh, out of my mind. That's hilarious. That is funny. Yeah. I won't say names. Oh, yeah. Here, but yes, go ahead. But, that, but just the... the, the the remembrance that we are creating our world, we are creating our, our reality moment to moment, and we are responsible for that, mm-hmm. um, seems lost. And I don't know, and I don't know that we even have real data that could back this up one way or the other. I'm not even certain that there are more cases of depression and anxiety now than there were 100 years ago, mm-hmm. as much as we are far more interested in it. Got it. Right, mm-hmm. and, I, and I would say 100 years ago, potentially we could, and I don't know one way or the other, so I could be wrong, we could have had just as many mental health issues or more. Nobody had the luxury of getting to do anything about it, though. Mm. There was some far more serious shit going on in the world mm-hmm. that made that kind of like, yeah, I'll deal with that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that's necessarily good, but it can bring awareness to we've come a long ways as a society that we get to deal with these problems yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And that seems missed. Like we yeah. have an incredible opportunity um, that is that if we take advantage of can shift the entire human Akashic field. I just don't know that. I'm certain we're going to do it. I just don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah. In what Almost way? like a movement, you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's we're, become like we're a in movement. transition. Yeah. We're in between two worlds. Like we're moving from polarity or duality to singularity. 
but that transition is a wild one. There's a lot of instability in that. But again, people feel, you can feel it in their energy. They feel ungrounded. Like mm-hmm. they, they don't know where they belong. It's like there's a, a, a lack of meaning in their life that's creating this like unsettled feeling. And so they're picking their fights, which is what happens. You, you want to you want to do something that matters. So people are picking some really wild soapboxes to jump on mm-hmm. simply because it gives their life meaning. It gives mm-hmm. them something to belong to. And that's what mm-hmm. we want to as social for. creatures to fight for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but awareness in that it's, it's neither right or wrong, but if you're aware of it, you can be a little bit more conscious about what you're choosing to engage with and how you develop and grow. If you're unaware, then you're behaving like an animal. And mm-hmm. there seems to be a lot of that. And, that, yeah. and when you're in victim, victim mode, life is happening to me, you operate at the animal level. And that energy is pervasive right now in our society. Mm-hmm. Life is happening to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which case, you operate at the level of animal. Uh, as far as why goes, why is having a why is important. What it is, is less important. And so I, I've learned not to judge. You know, when we have guys come in here, they're going through our coaching program and they're yeah. learning. I've learned not to judge what their why is. Mm-hmm. Meaning, as long as it's compelling to them, I don't really care if they want a fluorescent green Lamborghini <laughs> mm-hmm. or if they want to solve world hunger. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be compelling. Yeah. If it's compelling and it gives them a reason to succeed, I can work with that. Mm-hmm. So if as long as it really genuinely means something to them, and I think that's where a lot of people get lost, is they feel like their why isn't good enough or yeah. big enough and then they're afraid to share it and they diminish it. You should not. If it, right. if mm-hmm. it moves you, if it yeah. motivates you, fully embrace that because it will ultimately take you to your your calling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? If you, the, I have a whole uh, series I teach on this. Um, it's on my YouTube channel, I think, called uh, The Depth of Why where you progress through layers of why. You just need to have a compelling reason to start. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be some wild very impressive to the outside world statement yeah. of why. Yeah, that's true. Because like I said, I, I struggled with that really early and I was like, oh, my why is not that shiny looking. Like it should mm. probably look something different. Um, so yeah, I feel like... I bet your why is so shiny. <laughs> it's so shiny. shiny. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like it's become a lot more um, intrinsic, just like doing whatever it is that I do with excellence. Um, to me, like that's... It, it, it's my it's my why. Like it's that's it. That's, <laughs> you know? that's base, right? Like yeah. I talk about... That all the time, especially to people who are unclear what they want. I'm like, hey, just commit to being excellent at whatever you're mm-hmm. doing right now and everything else will show up. Yeah. The world rewards excellence. And when you try to live from that place, the seeds of your greatness begin to bloom mm-hmm. because it, it begins to pull out of you your natural gifts and talents. Yeah. Then you'll find out what you're passionate about and what your life's work is about. Mm-hmm. But start with excellence. That is a beautiful place to start. And even yeah. the end, if that's that's your entirety, is just <laughs> yeah. committed to excellence in what you do, that's going to take you a long way. Yeah. So are we all kind of in agreement in, in saying, like, yes, society has become a lot weaker mentally? Yes. Yes. At least Western society. Okay. Like, I, I, I would, uh, you know, I'd love to hear from international uh, yes, please call in. International, <laughs> international listeners, especially Comment. international listeners yeah. that are in developing countries or not postmodern. So, okay. so most of Europe or Western Europe would probably be excluded from this and the Commonwealth would be excluded from this. But I would imagine that, unfortunately, the U.S. media is very loud and proud around the world. And I would imagine that most of the world laughs at us at the shit that we get to complain about mm-hmm. and that we get to talk about and that... It's like a shit show of comedy for most of them, right? Like, wow, that's a luxury that that's the things that you get to worry about and get to be concerned about. So 
Yeah, I wouldn't lump all of the world together in that that everybody is weak, but I would say Western society, due to a high level of affluence and a very easy easy way to survive, mm-hmm. has made a society where people are more entitled than ever and have massive first world problems and aren't aware of it, and they they lack gratitude and appreciation for what they mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Again, are things perfect? No. 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 Do we have very real issues? Yes. yes. But that's nothing new to humanity. Yeah. And this is like the wake-up call to millennials and Gen Z. Your problems aren't worse than any other fucking generation's problems. They're just your problems. So mm-hmm. put on your big boy pants and fucking deal with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, like, and I, I mean this with, with a loving heart. I do. But I just think about what if we asked Gen Z to show up on the beaches of Normandy mm-hmm. in World War II? Yeah. I just, I don't know, I think I need a mental health day to really think about what that's going to mean for me in my career right now and (laughs) kind of what I'm feeling. Yeah, fuck stick. The whole world's about to speak German and we're about to lose all of freedom. But yeah, you go ahead, take your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's like, how the fuck? And we're like, great. Well, that's not their problem. Exactly. But they've got their own problems that they're going to have to face. Yeah. So how, I'm just trying to think of the whole playing devil's advocate here. Like, how can we, if we're all kind of in agreeing with that, like, Let's just kind of flip that around and think about ways that our generation has... Been lied to. Uh, <laughs> that's not where I was going to go. <laughs> um, but just, especially with everything going on, like what are some of the ways that we have seen um, just society, I guess, step up in strength? Like there has to be like other areas. And if there are, I, I don't know, I'd just love to kind of talk about that. Like where have we seen it flip. There's more equality than there was in the Great Depression or even mm-hmm. 20, 30 years ago. I mm-hmm. think that's a big one. Ooh, um, that's unpopular. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't fit with world views. Uh, you know what? <laughs> You're absolutely right, though. Yes. Yeah. There's way more equality. There's women in the workplace. No. <laughs> no. We yeah. aren't expected to... Yeah. yeah. We're not expected to stay at home and raise children and do that for the rest of our lives. Although some people still have those traditional views. Yeah. Um, I think that we're, there's way more equality um, than I can make a, an argument for that that yeah. we have gotten stronger in. Absolutely. With, with, I would agree with you on that. I, I'll just jump in very quickly and say there is more freedom in one sense of the word, than there has ever been for more different people groups, yet people are more unhappy. Mm, yes. So what that does is a that, great what point. What does that tell you about the human condition? Yeah. Right? That's fascinating to me, because you're right. There is, across uh, across the planet, mm. there is more equality, not just in the United States. Mm-hmm. Again, for everybody listening who's triggered by this, we are not saying that there aren't problems, and there still isn't equality, and there's still things we got to deal with. There are but if you look at this over a historical point of view, things are better now than they have ever been on these fronts. And that's mm-hmm. what we're referring to. We have access to a lot more information. So, and so why is it that with yeah. all the conditions getting better, we seem more snivelly and unhappy? Well, I think that there's consequences to those freedoms. And I think that's why, too. So I'm just thinking about, like... We gave them an inch, they took a mile. Yeah, no, because you brought up the whole women being in the workplace, mm-hmm. right? And so um, it was so fascinating. I was reading... Um, this book it's called the wild woman's way and it was really cool she was talking about how you know we have a lot of as women we have a lot of um like rights and freedoms now Mm -hmm. right we're in the workplace and one of the things that just kind of has uh has like really stuck to me was also with having the freedom to like work and also with the introduction of birth control Mm -hmm. right we now have a say in when and how we have children and so that has allowed us to just really full-blown go after our careers um and a lot of the book is really talking about the 
uh, differences between masculine and feminine energy. Mm -hmm. And so because we have entered the workforce full force, we've really embodied the masculine energy a lot Mm -hmm. more, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because... The like most of our day to day, when you think about it, like the masculine energy is very go, 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 like get things accomplished kind of thing. And so we've most of our day to day is operating in that energy, Mm -hmm. which there's nothing wrong with it at all, because we both have both the masculine and the feminine feminine. But I just thought it was so interesting. I'm like, whoa, I never really put the pieces together of how much like we I don't want to say we suffer from that because there's so much goodness. We're able to build our careers and, you know, become financially free. But when it comes time to flip Mm -hmm. and really embrace your feminine energy, Mm -hmm. like you have a very hard time because you've been operating more so on the other end. And so it's not that you can't, but it's, I feel like we've, we've lost the practice and exercise of going back going back and forth. Yeah. Right. And so I thought that was interesting. So going back to what you're saying, like, why are we so unhappy? Well, we've taken those freedoms, but we haven't really like, I don't don't know what we were asking for. Exactly. The other flip side of that is, and this is documented how many women feel like they're no longer good enough Mm -hmm. because they feel like they should have a career. They they should should do something other than wanting to be a mother. Or should be married and have kids and they can't, they don't have that. Right. Married, have kids and have a career. And what if I don't want that? Society is going to look down on me for not wanting those things. It's created its own set of situations, Mm -hmm. but it's fascinating that, that we, the, the feminine has decided that the way to show up in the workforce is in the masculine. And Mm -hmm. that's what is really tragic because what we're creating is like this androgynous energy Mm -hmm. where it's neither masculine nor feminine. Mm -hmm. And the power is in the synergy of the two. And you have very strong feminine, very strong masculinity come together. But when we react to air, we cause only more air. Well, masculinity got into very toxic masculinity. I'm not talking about today's version of that shit. I'm talking about historically women have been uh, suppressed for a very long time Mm -hmm. by a very dominant masculine energy. So the response to that was the the feminist movement, which um, has created a lot of freedom for women, but also moved into when you Mm -hmm. react to air, you cause only more air Mm. has gone that direction. Yeah. Right. Where, so it's like now you have the other, there's not a counterbalance. There's air on the other side of this, which is creating Mm -hmm. a lot of confusion, which isn't getting talked about because, well, that's not very popular. It doesn't Mm -hmm. serve the current narrative around femininity. Yeah. And it spills into everything, like even with like sex, right? Because that, it it was sharing how when it comes to sex, like you, um, like that, you need that energy to just be able to like relax and flow and be able to like have a great sex life. But you have just not been practicing that, um, that energy. So it's just, it's so interesting. It's like really fascinating to me. Yeah. And if you live in the androgynous zone where you're neither feminine nor, nor masculine, that sex, sexuality, sexual energy doesn't really show up there mm. very well. It's very like, ugh, which would explain among, among a host of other reasons why people are having less and less sex. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not because the world's on fire and it's not because of economics. There's a lot of other things that can go into that easily, but 
the feminine, when you have somebody who's strongly masculine and you have a partner who's strongly feminine, again, this isn't necessarily a sex role. It could mm -hmm. be male or female. Yeah, exactly. You can have men it's who are more feminine and women who are more masculine, although that would be the exception, not the rule. Mm -hmm. But when those energies come together, there's a power in that that is incredible. Yeah. When you kill that mm -hmm. by making it a negative thing to show up mas in the masculine or a negative thing to show up in the feminine, um, you, you create a whole different set of societal problems that goes against our whole hardwiring of biology. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we've praised the masculine energy in the workforce for so long. And so when you're talking about that switch, it was really hard for not only women, but men to awaken their feminine, feminine power. Yeah. And so when it comes, again, it's not about male or female. It is literally just energy. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about synergistic energy, how can someone like flip the switch in that way. Yeah. To me, it's all about balance. Literally, if you are spending five minutes on social media, give yourself 10 minutes of rest, you know, mm -hmm. some shit like that, right? So it's like, if you are having a meeting that is one hour long, make sure you are resting just mm -hmm. as much as that time when you get home, literally decompress. Mm -hmm. I think that um, especially now... Yeah. We have to bring this up. It has to be an awareness piece in not only just the workforce, but in life. Mm -hmm. Like that's probably why when we're talking about the weaknesses in society, they are just lost in the awareness of their own energy. So mm -hmm. asexual people are not having kids or whatever, not having sex. And I think it's just important to people just to wake up, wake yeah. up with that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's just to... It, I, I'm super passionate about energy too. No, so I'm yeah. Just like stepping away from it, but I get like I had this whole retreat just about waken, awaken your goddess within, mm -hmm. and I got like it's it it can be a very emotional setting because people come into it in all walks of life trying mm -hmm. to figure out who they are when who they are is within them. Yes. <laughs> like it's so cliche, but I believe in it. We just have to awaken it. Yeah. It's just going back to the whole remembering thing and just mm -hmm. getting grounded. Even things like meditation, even other things like taking forest baths and just really connecting with nature, um, which uh, it's funny because some of it, it, it just sounds like woo -woo. really, yeah, very like <laughs> woo woo, but it's, it's so true. It mm -hmm. is very, very true. Um, just being able to take that time to just reconnect with the things that make you feel alive. And be mm -hmm. present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, you know. I don't know that woo woo, I guess, but it's just like things that really make you feel like who you are. I feel like just really allow that does that energy and you to fall into that practice where you are creating that balance between both energies, mm -hmm. which they're both really important. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you going to say something? He was like, totally looked like, like you were going to say something. <laughs> yeah, I really did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I was listening to, um, this podcast yesterday, which reminded me of something that you said with like the whole, um, like women and not having, uh, or like just generations not having enough sex and stuff too. Yeah. And with women having kids, um, it was just talking about, um, how like when women have kids, you know, like it just totally changes the whole, um, just like the, just the makeup of women, right. Mm -hmm. Them becoming more of like that mother yeah that mother but more of um multitasker yeah and all of that and that podcast specifically was talking about um just uh dopamine and just like hormones and things like that and how um you know 
usually when you have something that's like full of pleasure, there was always going to be like the downfall of just however good it was. That's, it's going that's to be duality. That's yeah. what we're transitioning from. Yeah. And so that reminded me of what you were saying. Um, and also to getting into like the whole matrix thing with like, if you live in a, in a perfect world, um, kind of thing. So I thought that was, uh, really interesting, but you want to talk about the transition a little bit more? Well, I, I yeah, I would just framing this, um, a little bit, maybe more tactical. Mm-hmm. Here is a really fairly safe way of figuring your way out of it. If you figure you're into a mess of emotion and you're not happy and, and you're not fulfilled with where you are in your life, find people who are mm-hmm. and figure out what they're doing different. That also seems to be very much lost, right? This, so this is a very simple rule for me. I get advice from people who are where I want to be, right? That That's just a very or simple... Or have things that you want to have. Yeah, or have accomplished things that I mm-hmm. want to accomplish or have an emotional state that I want mm-hmm. to have. So it's very easy for me. And I just, I don't, fundamentally, I'm not going to take advice from somebody whose life is a fucking wreck. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious how many of the loudest voices out there, their lives are a mess. And I'm asking, like, I would just ask myself, what in their life am I chasing? What, what are they demonstrating through the fruit of their life that they know? Mm-hmm. You know chaos. You know unhappiness. You know anxiety. You know depression. Why the fuck would I listen to that advice? Because mm-hmm. all you're going to recreate is what you are. You don't have another choice. Mm-hmm. right? So get advice from people who aren't living that way. If, you're, if you don't have peace, go find somebody who has peace and find out why they do. Mm-hmm. Right? If you don't have love, find people who do have love in their life and figure out, well, what is their difference in their worldview? Mm-hmm. What is the difference with people who have peace and love in their life versus the people that don't? What is their worldview difference? Mm-hmm. Right? If, I, if I'm a stable or if I'm an unstable individual, why do stable people, what do they do that I don't? Yeah. Does this make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Without judging their circumstances, like, oh, well, it's easy for them because, you know, they found a great partner and that's why they're so in love. Or, you know, I... They were just given that job, blah, blah, blah. That's why their life is so... No, don't judge them on their scenario. Go ask them what they did. Because it's, it's not easy for anybody to get the things that you want in your life. And, and not, yeah. even, not even what they did, what they are. Mm-hmm. So, so it's something I teach the guys all the time. To know and to not do is to not know. Mm-hmm. To know and to do is to become such that there is no difference between that which you are and that which you do. It's integration. It's energetic mm-hmm. integration. So you can have people that have accomplished things on the surface who are not, it's not integrated knowledge and you'll feel that like mm-hmm. something is off, but go find people who genuinely live the life that you want and you can feel it. You can see it. It's energetically palpably different. Mm-hmm. That's who you want. So and it's not even just the doing, it's the being. How do they think different? Why do they think different? Why is there, why do they have a different worldview? Uh, because that's the biggest difference between the haves and the have-nots is how they see the world. Fundamentally, I talk about this. <clears throat> Successful people don't have different problems. They had different solutions. Right? I remember <clears throat> when Jeff Bezos was, in the 1990s, a poor, broke startup. Uh, Amazon was a poor, broke startup company in a garage, and his, he came from a middle-class family. Right? So I can remember the path to how he got from where he is today. And now this generation only remembers him as this right. billionaire. billionaire with this entire story about who he is. Well, maybe he needs to be more socially responsible with his money. And that's a different discussion. But remember, he didn't inherit this. He worked for it. Mm-hmm. So what did he do different? What was different about his worldview? And if you're like, well, you should give it all away. Well, fuck stick. Let me give you some advice. Mm-hmm. 
Go become a billionaire and then give it all away. Yeah. Show us all how to do that, yeah. please. Mm-hmm. Instead of complaining about somebody else not doing it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts before we close this out? Hmm. So do you think the world's getting worse or better? Great question. I, as a society, like you mentioned, in the Western world, I feel like we are, I want to say we are moving in the right direction in terms of becoming aware. I just, I think that there has to be more people trying to jump the gun into it. Like, find someone, find someone that can help you. It doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist, but talk to your friend, talk to someone that you are influenced by in a way that they can help, like find their worldview. And it's, if we get the chance to start to travel again, travel, because that Mm. also gives you a perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we really, really have it good. We have it really good. Mm -hmm. So become grateful. By almost every measurable standard the world is better off now than it's ever been not by all but by most well what what do i mean famine as an all-time low slavery is at an all-time low Uh, freedom and democracy as at an all-time high you can argue what that looks like but it's it's what it is economics and affluence is at an all-time high people are making more money in america we're like well we're not here well the world as a whole is making a lot more money and the, the poorest of americans make more money than the average person in the world. Mm -hmm. So uh, clean water, we have more clean water than we ever did. Disease and disease treatment is better. Sickness and and, and medical procedures have gotten much better. So by all like the measurable standards, yes, is the climate changing? Yes, is that potentially gonna cause some significant problems? Yes, if we don't figure out how to deal with that, right? There are real issues, but if you start looking at measurable things, Mm -hmm. it's hard to argue in a objective sense that things aren't getting better. Yet in Western society, I would not argue that mentally we're better. We're not. But that isn't because of an external environment. That's because of an internal environment. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Please like, subscribe, comment, and follow us on TikTok and YouTube. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Bye.